0: Hello, audio-only listener. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. This is a recording of a live podcast episode that aired live on YouTube. We usually go live at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesdays. That being said, we may be making references to things that can only be seen on screen. Don't worry, you're not going to miss out on any information because of this. Just some things may not make sense because we're making a reference to something that is on screen. And with that out of the way, thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody, and uh, welcome to another episode of Better Call Paul, where we talk about uh, commonly misunderstood topics that involve Paul, typically in his letters and epistles. Uh, Last episode of Better Call Paul, we talked about basically an introduction to Galatians and Paul's idea of conversion. We're actually continuing with this theme, believe it or not, in today's particular episode. So... uh, (laughs) I guess that's your intro. If you don't like it, deal with it. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) That's what you get. That's what you get. And uh, I'm glad everyone's here. I can see the chat's already uh, uh, lighting up. Once again, guys, don't forget, you can ask questions during the show. We'll try to get to everything towards the end of the show. And um, yeah, so today's episode, Curse of the Law. What exactly? This is almost like a what does it mean series, but instead it's... To call Paul. So, uh, oh my goodness, I did the ultimate, the ultimate no-no. I don't have anything ready here up here for me to for me to drink. Ooh. So it looks like you're gonna have to talk about what you are bringing to drink while I go grab a whiskey. Real, actually, yeah, you
1: need to go grab something. All right. While he's doing that, (laughs) that's right. Keep it behind me. (laughs) I just need a glass. All right. (laughs) right. (laughs) But. While he is doing that, uh, as most of you know, I typically do what is called a Boilermaker, one of the earliest known mixed drinks. It's not actually a mixed drink, but you are drinking two alcoholic substances together. And this is called a Boilermaker, um, which is beer and whiskey or beer and bourbon, what have you. So the bourbon that I am sampling today is Bullet. Oh, come on.
0: Pull it away from the it. camera a little bit. <laughs> it's not, it's not taken. All right. Very well. Wow. Okay, well, Bullet Bourbon, Frontier Whiskey.
1: Um and uh yeah, which I've had it before, but uh
0: never on the show. It's pretty good. I'm having this uh drum chambeau. Uh single pot still Irish whiskey. What I really like it, and you can't man, that, this it's so bright. Gosh, that light is bright. Yeah, Uh, so you can't see it, but right here uh, is the Irish language Uggam, the tree language, which is really cool written onto the, so this is like a really authentic Irish, and I love a good Irish whiskey. I might be a little biased, but the Irish whiskey is the best whiskeys. And And, uh, uh, that's fact. That's not only an emphatic historic fact, um, but it's multiply attested. It meets the law of dissimilarity because I said so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I am, uh, however, sampling in my uh, wonderful alternate media context over dogma beer glass is um, now I know that it's not this way in several other places. But where I live, um, my favorite season has like come in full swing as far as like grocery stores and, and, you know, Um, other outlets and even beer is concerned and so my absolute favoritist beer elysium it's called the great pumpkin it is an imperial pumpkin ale so it finally got released and i had to have it
0: basic it's okay. I'm super yep. basic. Uh, if, if it, if I were better prepared, I'd have a Starbucks coffee. So <laughs> cold brew. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause it's the most kosher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, cool. So if you guys are joining us in a, in a drink, comment what you're drinking below. And if you got any, uh, good recommendations, please drop them. Um, or if there's something you want us to try that you, haven't yet tried and you want to know what it's like before you try it hey that's what we're here for go ahead and leave a comment uh and uh leave a recommendation and we'll likely get to it at some point man that music's a little i'm gonna bring her down just a little bit a little bit yeah that should uh all right so curse of the law what are we on about uh in fact let me change the (laughs) banner here what do that mean Uh, And uh, as always, don't forget to bless the like button and the subscribe button, as always. That's not getting old. That joke's not overdone. Of course not. And if you haven't yet, check out our our, uh, website, alternatemedia.com, L-A-L-T-A-R-N-A-T-E-Media.com. We also have some merchandise up there. Um, I did not, again, I didn't have the, Beer glass ready, but we got some merchandise up there. If you want to support the ministry, you can you can become a member through there. You can donate through there. Uh, You can buy some merchandise. There's also the Patreon. That's an option for you as well. Patreon's the same slash alternate A L T A R N A T E media. Let's jump into the topic. So, curse of the law. First, before we can even really talk about that, actually, we kind of need to do a general overview. Um. Because this phrase is found primarily in Galatians. Yep. So, we need to talk about Galatians a little bit. uh, Because this is the one thing I think Christians get wrong the most. Or, at the very least, completely mistaken, 100% misunderstood. Um, The book of Galatians has a particular goal in mind. And that goal is not to dissuade torah observance that goal is to not say that the torah is a bad thing that you should not try uh to try to keep at all um you know we we hear like uh something common like if you if you you can't if you try to keep any part of the torah you have to keep the whole torah no one can keep the whole torah therefore you're under you're a sinner and it's like this really weird logic because of course if you if you tried not to murder, if you if you have tried not to steal, if you've done some things like give tithes, right, and offerings and charities and things like that, th- those are things that are in the Torah. So it's just really a weird stance to take, in my opinion. Yeah, isn't isn't it? <laughs> forever, forever the meme artist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we we got a couple of memes. I want to start doing a thing because the. Um, the oh, having a weekly, server.
1: like a, a weekly meme off where we our show Discord the winner meme
0: is our Discord server is fire and we need to have a weekly meme of the week. Um, yes, 100%. And yes. Uh, we just pull it right off the Discord server. In fact, I wonder if we get a couple of them here now. This is one our producer made, uh, and I'm definitely gonna <laughs> pull this one up. Uh, but to the, the intro to the letter, so the point of the letter of Galatians. It's not that the Torah is a bad thing. In fact he he much wait, of his writings lean heavily on the Torah. What? Doesn't he call the law a curse? We're getting there. <laughs> 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 throw something at you. We're getting there. Um well,
1: the you point of the throw water,
0: that real hard because I'm all the way like I'm I'm two and a half hours away from you. I so. the camera will transport it because that's what cameras do um (laughs) logic and uh so the point of the the letter of galatians is not the law is a bad thing the torah is a bad thing uh the the whole point of the reason that paul is writing the book of galatians is he has heard and this is he says this in his introduction and we've said this in our last episode of uh on our conversion episode that um Influencers, who appear to be members within the community, likely members who were themselves proselytes, um, have convinced a lot of the fellow believers that the only way to inherit eternal life is to convert to Judaism. So he's writing this letter to say, that's incorrect. Conversion to Judaism is not a necessary step for you to receive salvation. And, and so the whole book of Galatians is centered around this point and this point alone. He spends five relatively short chapters using a lot of rhetoric and a, a lot of parental style speech, as though he's a parent talking to a child um, to drive this point home. Uh, and he's going to come at it from different angles, but he seems to be very upset that people are catching on that, that people seem to be convinced that the only way to receive eternal life uh, is to convert to Judaism legally. And so that's the point of Galatians. That's, the 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 intro to the letter that and that, that's important because that's going to matter when we get to the rest of the topic with the whole curse of the law um so as as you already know of course um so do you have anything to add to that sir before i move on no no, no, no. i'm just i'm here to be sarcastic uh, is that is that what you're doing today yes that, that's, that, <laughs> that's my role tonight that's fair um Okay, well, this next part, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back at you then. Um, I'm going to make you read every single verse I'm about to bring up. All right, that, 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 that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so the next part is actually going to be my favorite part of the section of today's episode. Uh, Paul's view of the Torah. What did Paul think of the Torah? Now, a couple of things. We know that Paul was a Pharisee. Uh, he speaks in the present tense. He, he is a Pharisee. Yeah, he does this even when he stands before the Sanhedrin uh, some twenty-five uh, 20 to 25 years later. And um, we are going to argue that Paul adored the Torah, just like any other Pharisee who came before him and any other Pharisee who came after him. The Torah is God's greatest revelation to mankind. It's a revelation of God's love for his people Of God's promises that he's going to keep to his people. Um, It is a guide to living a holy life so that you can remain in a close and loving relationship with God. The the Torah is the greatest thing that's ever happened since sliced bread kind of thing, even though sliced bread was invented in the 20s, I think. (laughs) So what did Paul think of the law? We're going to preface this. So 1 Corinthians 7.19. And actually, I believe you're going to read, if you don't mind, starting in verse like 17 or 15. Yeah, uh, start First Corinthians, verse uh, chapter seven, verse 17, all the way through 19. Hold on. I'm gonna make you read it. First Corinthians seven. Yeah. 17 <clears throat> through 19. All right. Now.
1: Because you're making me do this okay. under duress, you get the original language the KJV. Oh, fine. wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> if it's good enough for Moses. It's good enough for me, I guess. I, uh, I'm,
1: not, I'm not proud of what I just did. <laughs>
0: Any kjv only is fans in the comment section, drop it in the chat now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so 17 through 19. Yes. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping of the commandments of God.
0: Okay, I hate you for this. Uh, So, So, I will read it in the TLV version, fine. Uh, For those of you who don't speak Middle English... Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each, let him walk in this way. I give this rule in all of Messiah's communities. Was anyone called when he was already circumcised? Uh, Let him not make himself uncircumcised. Has anyone been called while uncircumcised? Let him not allow himself to be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping God's commandments matters. (laughs) Uh, and we've gone over before in our circumcision episode that circumcision is shorthand for conversion, legal conversion to Judaism. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this is him saying, were you a Jew when you were called? Don't un-Jew. Do not un-Jew. Remain a Jew. This is This is a very, very important point because modern evangelical Christianity today is convinced that Jews need to become Christian in order to be saved. Uh, no, absolutely not. That's not ever something that Paul says. Paul encourages people to remain Jews, to remain in the covenant promises, to remain obedient, to remain in the traditions, uh, to continue being Jewish. Uh, Belief in the Messiah doesn't change you from being un-Jewish. If anything, the belief in this Messiah should make you even more Jewish. Uh, you know, if you believe that the Messiah is around the corner, you're going to wrap to fill in every single day. You know, you're not, you're not going to lax in your, in your observance. Um, and so this is a very, very clear call for Jews to remain Jewish. Cannot stress that enough because man, is that a common misconception? (laughs) (laughs) The guy who wants to be a Jew, I love, (laughs) (laughs) you know, username checks out. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's the perfect comment. (laughs) That's the perfect comment. That's funny. Yeah, obviously you can't uncircumcise yourself. So this is not talking about an act of uncircumcision. This is obviously talking about remaining as a Jewish person. We're going to come back to this verse. um, But just uh, to kind of drive home the point, we got a couple more verses to show of Paul's uh, admiration of the Torah. So a lot of these comes from Romans 10. Uh, Romans 7, Romans 2, Romans 3, so Romans 10.4, this one's got a common misconception. Uh, It's a slight mistranslation, if you will. For the Messiah is the goal of the Torah as a means to righteousness for anyone who keeps on trusting. Um, Oftentimes, your translations will say the Messiah is the end of the Torah. It's not necessarily that it's a bad translation, but it gives the wrong idea when you leave it as End. Because um, it's end, as in like the other end, right? As in the goal.
1: It's right. not
0: end, as in the termination of or the final finalation It's a it's a goal. Um, telos is the Greek word there. For those of you wondering, it's where we get the word telephone. Telos phonos. right? So it's mm-hmm. the other end of the line, the other end, right? Not the other termination. Um, so te- te- telephone, the end of where the sound is going. That's that's right. the goal so- of the sound. You don't call somebody on the
1: phone and then hang up as soon as they answer. That mm. that's not, It's
0: not how that works because unless it's not you're the a goal. creep. <laughs> unless you're weird. <laughs> well, or you're, or you're super shy and you're a high schooler and uh, the person that you wanted to talk to makes you very nervous. and so you call them and you want to ask them to like prom or something, and then you're admitting you somebody. And is that suspiciously specific? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty oddly specific. <laughs> I, was, I was doing that on purpose. <laughs>
1: Peculiarly intentional.
0: <laughs> um, So that's Romans 10. Romans uh, 7 is honestly my favorite. Um, Do you want K- I'm to cage? I'm, I'm curious to see what the KJV says on some of these. So if you could oh. read Romans 7 verse 7. Ooh,
1: buddy, let's see. Ooh, buddy. Romans 7, 7. Take your time. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay. (laughs) Nay. Nay. (laughs) I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had
0: said, thou shalt not covet. Okay. Um, I love this uh, because he uses this phrase a lot. Um, Some, okay. The Greek here is actually really strong. Uh, It's, it's colloquially equivalent in Greek to saying, hell no. Uh, Interestingly enough. But uh, I think it's more appropriate to render it the way that a, a, a modern-day Pharisee would render it, which is chas v'sholem, or heaven forbid. And you actually see some translations do that. They actually put heaven forbid in this in this particular case. So what shall we say then? Is the Torah sin? Chas heaven forbid. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the Torah. <laughs> so that's... Um, him again, appraising the Torah. My particular favorite is um, verses twelve and fourteen in the same chapter. Twelve is so then the Torah is holy, the commandment is holy and righteous and good. And uh, my number one absolute, like this is it. This is this goes at the top of the list easily. Verse fourteen: For we know that the Torah is spiritual, because that very much goes against the common like Christian perception of what the Torah is. The Torah, to most Christians, is this non-spiritual thing. It's the opposite of spiritualism. It's the antithesis to in spiritual to spiritualism. It gets in the way of spiritualism. It's uh, legalism. It, it suppresses the spirit. That's not true at all. The Torah is a spiritual thing. It's a, it's a spiritual document for spiritual people. Only spiritual people can understand it, um, Paul argues um in the rest of that chapter from that point forward uh moving on to romans 2 uh verse 28 uh this is going this is in tandem with uh that first corinthians um talking about 7 19 um verse 28 from chapter 2 says, For one is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision visible in the flesh, but rather the Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart. In spirit, not in letter, his praise is not from men, but from God. Now, obviously, really speaking, in reality, he's using spiritual language here. In reality, uh, circumcision is a very outward and physical thing. Um, but he's saying that true Judaism is not just... A spirit a, a physical thing. It is in fact a very spiritual thing. A circumcision of the heart. Um, so Judaism is a is a is a soul thing. <laughs> um to uh note three thirty-one. Uh this is Romans again three thirty-one. Do we then nullify the Torah through faithfulness? <clears> Hasbasholum, <throat> heaven forbid, on the contrary. We uphold the Torah. Romans two thirteen, for it is not the hearers of the Torah who are righteous before God; rather, it is the doers of the Torah who will be justified. Uh, a very interesting, and he opens his letter to Romans with that phrase. That's that's in the beginning, which means this is from from this point on. That's how you filter the rest of his words. Okay. Uh, Ephesians five. Not yet. Ephesians four, actually four twenty four. Do you you want to pull that one up? Ooh,
1: yeah. A memento. <laughs> Ephesians four twenty four.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, In fact, start with verse 22 and then go through 24. All right.
1: So start in verse 22 and go through verse 24. All right. Let's see. You took off your former way of life, the old self, that is corrupted by deceitful desires you are being renewed in the spirit of your minds. You put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of truth.
0: Weird. So uh, 24, put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Um, and then that leads into five, one. Therefore, be imitators of God. As dearly loved children, uh, in Colossians two sixteen, we're gonna get back to that five one in a second, but I want to just hit this last verse before we move on. Therefore, do not let anyone pass you pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink, or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a foreshadowing of the things to come, but the reality is the Messiah. Um, and so, now that verse is commonly read to be negative. Um, but clearly if you're reading it from our perspective, right, we're constantly being judged for keeping the Sabbath and the new moon festivals. We're constantly being judged for keeping the food laws. Um, and so he's saying, don't let anyone pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink or in respect to festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Those are, so you have your holy days, your Yom Tovs, your new moons, Rosh Chodesh, and Shabbat, um, Sabbaths. Those are your three major types of holidays. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, back to Ephesians 5.1. This is the biggest thing. So, it is a the, the I got this from Everyman's Talmud here. I'm just going to read a little passage out of it. For those of you who have the Everyman's Talmud, I'm reading from page 211. The chapter is called The Moral Life. Therefore, not only in his commandments did God provide the human being with guidance to the true way of life, but— In himself, he set the example which is to be followed. The imitation of God is, in rabbinic literature, set forward as the ideal after which man should strive. The doctrine is taught in several places. Uh, What does the text mean? You shall walk after the Lord your God. It is then possible. uh, That's from Deuteronomy 13 verse 4. Is it then possible for a man to walk after the Shekhinah, of which it is written, the Lord thy God is a devouring fire? But the meaning is to follow the attributes of the Holy One, blessed be he. As he clothed the naked, so do you clothe the naked. As he visited the sick, so do you visit the sick. As he comforted the mourners, so do you comfort those who mourn. As he buried the dead, so do you buried the dead. That is from tractate Sota 14 alpha. Uh, and that the whole page goes on to talk about, like, basically, the Torah is the guidebook on how to imitate God. Um, and Paul uses the exact phraseology that's found in rabbinic literature, proving once again that he's a trained Pharisee. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. In a rabbinic context, this always means follow Torah. Always. Um, so.
1: I mean how do, yeah I I I think it warrants the question right This is one of those things that nobody ever thinks about How how do you imitate God uh without without any form of action What does that mean How do you how does one spiritually imitate God
0: Um with the feels <laughs> Right <laughs> use use the force yeah just your feelings luke (laughs) let it flow through you (laughs) (laughs) no but uh really uh you know there's nothing wrong with uh using your feels right it's just an oversimplification to to say that that has replaced the entirety of what it means to imitate god for hundreds of years leading up to when the new testament is being authored um. Okay, so, now, I think this this obviously brings up the question, right? So now we, we see that, I think we've adequately proven that Paul admired the law, uh, that he seems to encourage its uh, following. Um, he says things like imitate God, and in fact, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, he says, therefore imitate me as I imitate Christ, which is to say that he walks the same walk That Yeshua walked and and Paul was a Pharisee. We argue on this channel that Yeshua was a Pharisee. So it makes sense for Paul to say this. Uh, So what Paul is basically saying is, hey, you want to know, like, you guys never met Jesus either. It's okay. I didn't either. But me and him, we're on the same team. We have the same school of thought. So I walked the same way that he walked, And uh, so all you have to do is imitate me, and then you'll be imitating the Messiah. And that's a very, very Jewish concept. That's actually the Jewish concept of discipleship. Um, The Talmud speaks of cleaving to God. Like, what does it mean to cleave to God? Uh, That is, this is the Talmud, you cleave to a Torah scholar, because in him is the likeness of God. And so the idea is that Torah scholar is imitating God to the best of his abilities, we're talking about a time in which people didn't have Bibles in their hands back then yet. So the only Bible you could have was a living Bible, Your whoever you were a disciple of. He would be a living Bible to you, and you would cleave to him and try to walk in his ways, because you assumed that his ways were the ways of God, were the ways of Torah. So to cleave to God was to cleave to him. And Paul is using, again, the exact same, exact same rabbinic phraseology, um, I mean, th- it's, this is clearly a Jewish document. It's dripping with with Jewish speech.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, uh, another passage of support, clearly, uh, for what Paul calls Torah, which this is this is an interesting one, um, is First Corinthians uh, fourteen thirty four. Right. Which this is a very popular one. Um, oh, yeah. It's a very famous one. There's a lot of controversy behind this one. Uh, but the implications of it, I think a lot of people miss. But this is where he says, <clears throat> The women should be silent in the assemblies, uh, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be submissive, as the law also says. Now, understand what he's referring to here is not found in the written Torah. What he is referring to and saying the law says this uh, is oral Torah.
0: Yeah, and and he and he calls it Torah, which uh, in rabbinic literature, um, in in Pharisaic Judaism, Torah and oral Torah are inseparable. You can't have one without the other. Um, So this is very common for him to essentially chalk up what is oral torah tradition and saying and calling it torah well because in his mind that's exactly what this is um yeah and, and, and a lot of things are called torah in judaism especially in rabbinic literature sometimes a prophet is quoted and it's referred to in rabbinic literature as the torah speaks right but it's not the torah it's like jeremiah um but again, because the understanding is the prophet is quoting something that's an oral tradition, which counts as Torah. So when you quote the prophet quoting oral Torah, you're quoting the Torah. Uh, so there's, there's an understanding that needs to be had here. So that out of the way, what in the world is... Oh, and uh, real quickly, because I can hear it coming in the comments now. Um, that verse that you just quoted about the women being silent in the, um, in the communities... That is heavily misread. We will do an episode on that. We are not here to cover that right now. It does not mean what you think it means, just like we're about to go over the whole curse of the law doesn't mean what you think it means. Right. Um, There's a very particular time and place in which this qualifies, uh, and we don't have time to get into the introduction to Corinthians on why the way he speaks the way that he does to the Corinthians— Uh, We're focused right now on Galatians and why he's speaking the way that he's speaking to the Galatians. But it will be part of this series because... Right. It's Paul. (laughs) Um, So that being said, uh, every letter that he writes has its own voice. Uh, He he speaks with a very particular way to each letter, given its context. So we're not going to go into that right now with Corinthians. So we're going to stick to Galatians. So that's going to bring us back into Galatians. Specifically, Galatians chapter 3. Um, starting in verse 10 through 14, this is where we see the phrase curse of the Torah fairly often. So, first of all, let's just let the cat out of the bag. Brad, what does the curse of the Torah mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, uh, the curse of the Torah is what we find in Deuteronomy 11. It's very simple. This is where uh, Hashem divides the children of Israel between the two mountains, the curses, and uh, one recite the blessings of the law and the others recite the curses of the law. Right? Uh, this, a matter of fact, it is Mount Eval, uh that had a, a dig done, and they're they're sifting through uh, the materials that was dug up from Mount Eval. And so many of you may be familiar or have seen on TikTok or somewhere recently um, that one of what is claimed, right, what is alleged to be one of the oldest known uh, fragments from a a biblical text right uh is found and it's it's a very small piece of i think lead uh i think is what they said it was and it has the divine name on it apparently um and a pronunciation of curses from the divine name um so anyway, this is what's alleged. It has not been peer reviewed yet. It's not been confirmed. Uh, but if it was confirmed, this would be substantial for biblical history because it would actually prove an exact timeline for the conquest of Israel. historically speaking. Mm. Uh, but in any case,, um, yeah, it's just it's ironic that something with curses and the divine name was was found
0: on the mountain. Uh, where the curses were pronounced. So the common Christian uh, interpretation of the phrase the curse of the law is that the law itself is the curse. Right. Uh, And there's a reason in the banner I've I've put it as curse in quotations of the law, because the way Paul is using it here is there is a curse that is within the law. The curse of the law is Deuteronomy uh, 11, as you were saying. It was also Deuteronomy 28. Hmm. Um, it's, it's an area in which there's a pronunciation of curses for not keeping Torah. <laughs> and th- that's the curse of the Torah, right? The curse of the Torah is in Deuteronomy 28. Um, and it, yeah, uh, one of the, uh, is it really that simple? Actually, yeah, it is. Uh, un- unfortunately, this is one of those, like, if you, if you already have a negative presupposition of the Torah before you begin to read the New Testament, and most Christians do, not realizing it. Usually it's uh, inadvertent. Um, But they, you know, the way their pastors present the Torah, they hear it in the pulpit all the time. This law that no one can keep. It's this big and scary monster thing that hides under your bed, but Jesus saved you from it. You know, the curse of the law, the boogeyman of the law. Like it's the way it's presented in churches these days. By the time you get around to actually reading the New Testament yourself, you already have a negative presupposition of it. And so you read the phrase like curse of the law and you think, oh, the law is the curse. Um, And that's not the case at all. So I've got a couple of things here. Um, James Dunn has a book on Galatians. It's actually a Christian book uh, published by a Christian uh, company. Um, But uh, right here, no one in Paul's day believed that anyone could live out the Torah perfectly and no teacher would have required such a thing. Right. So this is another common trope of Christianity um, that, you know, you need to be you need to have kept the law perfectly. Um, otherwise, you know. it like the, the law expects you to keep it perfectly. It actually doesn't. Um, to abide in the things of the Torah is meant living within the provisions of Torah, including the provisions for which a person was to do when he or she sinned. Um, as done comments that Judaism against which Paul here reacts called for an impossible perfection is not part of the context of the argument at this point and should not be read into it. Uh, and that's on Galatians 3:10. So this idea that what Paul is saying is that the law is a curse because it's it expects you to keep it perfectly and if you don't keep it perfectly then you're under a curse. That's not what's being said here. That is being read into the text. That is not what the text itself says. It's not what the context lends itself to say. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the, the, the curse of the law is the actual curses pronounced in the law. Um, so if we, in fact, uh, go ahead and pull it open. If we go ahead and read, I'm going to read a section of Galatians chapter three, and then we're going to spend the rest of our episode focused entirely on this particular passage. (laughs) Um, okay. Starting in three verse 10 for all of those who rely on the deeds of Torah are under a curse for the scripture says curses everyone who does not keep doing everything written in the scroll of the Torah it is clear that no one is set right before God by Torah for the righteous shall live by faith however Torah is not based on trust and faithfulness on the contrary the one who does these things shall live by them Messiah liberated us from Torah's curse having become a curse for us for it is written curses everyone who hangs on a tree okay um, so once again, we're talking about uh conversion. We're very, very specifically talking about conversion. Why'd you go I'm trying to stop, stop it, it. <laughs> make it go away. <laughs> 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 The, the audio only listeners are like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm the producer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the just whole, kidding. I could never do Austin's job. <laughs> Austin is uh, man, do we he's the the, the greatest thing. <laughs> anyway, um so the the whole of chapter three is uh just as Abraham, this is verse six, just as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, um, we're talking about. Discouraging conversion here. The influencers were basically saying, once again, that you need to convert to rate the eternal life. Which is false, in Paul's mind. And uh, he's arguing that, you know, from the standpoint of Abraham. Um, yes, and uh, notice the, the wording there from verse uh, 10. Those who rely on the deeds of the torah. What he's essentially saying is if your motivation for conversion is that you think that you need to put all of your eggs in the basket of torah in order to be saved, well then you're going to be a failure. He's he's using parental rhetoric, right? As we already said here, we're not saying that the torah demands perfection because it doesn't, and you shouldn't read that into a text as being what Paul is saying, Paul is using rhetoric here for his message. Mark Nenos has a very, very good commentary on Galatians called the irony of Galatians here, where he talks about this exact thing. This is the way a parent talks to a kid. Would your sons, you know, uh, would, would you, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you, would you do it kind of kind of language? Um, It's a rhetoric. And what he's basically saying here is, you know, listen, you're trying to put all of your eggs in the basket of Torah by saying you think that you can earn your way into heaven by being perfectly obedient. Now, that's not to say that perfect obedience is impossible uh, because that should not be read into the text, but what he is saying is if you're going to rely solely on your obedience, well, then the punishments that you never received, oh, you we lost you. What happened? I don't know. Did your camera die?
1: i think it did and i'm not sure why because it's plugged in
0: Uh, oh well (laughs) anyway (laughs) the the producer coming in clutch with a meme already um so i'll I'll continue moving forward though because again our audio listeners only are like what in the world um so what he's saying here is that yeah, if if you're going to say that you only need the works of the Torah and that you need to rely heavily on the works of the Torah to save you, well then you're in a you're in a prob- you're in a problematic place because then uh, all of your acts of disobedience require your punishments to be taken through the curses of the Torah, um, right? So curses everyone who does not keep on doing everything written in the Torah. It's clear that no one is set righteousness set right before God by Torah alone. Righteousness. Uh, For the righteous shall live by faith. So this is an interesting uh, passage here. So uh, real quickly here, Paul knew all too well the life of Torah prescribed by the influencers was a life of pseudo obedience. The the cup could be well polished on the outside, but the heart could be filled with filth. If the Galatians were to succumb to the theology that their conferred status of Israelite, that is to be to convert into legal Judaism had won them righteousness then they would have also be relying upon salvation through their status rather than through the salvation through faith as such they would prove themselves to be without faith They're, basically paul is saying listen if you think you need to convert in order to achieve salvation then you don't actually have any faith you're you're worried that your faith isn't enough and if you're worried that your faith isn't enough and so you have to convert into judaism well then yeah you have no faith and that's a problem um how could one claim to live according to the torah and deny its essential message those who deny him regardless of how well they may claim to live out the precepts of the torah will one day stand before the judge and have the reality of their lives revealed and when they do they will receive not the blessing of the covenant but the curses that's uh, this is from Paul's commentary in Galatians, by the way, uh, Tim Heggs, excuse me, uh, commentary in Galatians. So the idea is obedience without faith gets you nowhere, which is actually a, a concept in Tanya. Uh, obedience without faith is, is not obedience at all, really. Yeah, you'll get the blessings for your obedience here in this life uh, because every act of obedience warrants a blessing, as God promised. Um, But your reward's not in heaven because you have no faith. So without the correct motivation of your obedience, you've actually not committed any act of obedience truly. Hello, welcome back. Yes, I am back. (laughs) Hi, back. I'm not dad, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't get how it died, though. Meme moments brought to you by Discord. (laughs) (laughs) Alternate media. Ooh, I should, uh, I got to save that meme. Ah, save image. I'ma do it. <laughs> save it. To, save it to
1: download. Did somebody make gonna... a meme of like of of my empty chair? Is that what happened?
0: No, no, no. But I'm definitely going to uh at the end of the video I'm gonna pull the meme up that I have picked. So yeah, uh this is a little we'll we'll have a quick break. Uh we're doing meme Mondays. We'll do meme mondays. Pr- present all your memes on Monday and then on we'll pick one and on Wednesday we'll we'll show it on the show. Uh and if you win, you get brownie points and bragging rights and I don't know, some other stuff. We'll think of something. <laughs> yep. It may or may not last, it may die again, so we'll see.
1: We're we're wow. we're at the end. We're we're at the last quarter of it anyway, so
0: quarter of the hour. Oh. Anyway, um I was th- you thought you were talking. Th- I was like, wow, way to give up on meme Mondays already. No, <laughs> Okay, so the verse 12. However, the Torah is not of faith. On the contrary, who, who uh, keeps Torah shall live by them or practices, depending on how you translate it. Um, so the curse of the law, we, we just covered Deuteronomy 28. <clears throat> this next part of the verse leading up to, again, the phrase, the curse of the law is found, I believe, in verse 13 specifically. Um, but it's obviously also found in verse 10. Uh the tail does not wag the dog. Alright, so the Torah is not of faith, on the contrary. So the way this reads here, um, and again, I'm not going to try and pronounce the Greek, because I understand that my Greek is, my Greek pronunciation is inadequate. Um, <laughs> I know it starts with ha uh, "namas," whatever, but um, yeah, I'm not going to try and read the rest of that, because I'm not fluent in it, but the Torah is not a faith must be seen in this context, namely that the Torah as a marker of one's legal status as a Jew is not the basis for covenant membership because the works of the Torah do not produce faith. That's what Paul is saying here. The the Torah does not produce faith as in you practicing Torah does not make faith happen. Um, it's like he's
1: saying the mirror opposite of like what James points out in James two. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. The whole faith that works is dead. Yep. Right here he's saying uh, works without faith is dead. That's what he's saying. Um, and so if you are keep you can keep all the Torah you want. That's what Galatians is basically saying here. You can keep all the Torah you want. Um, but if you Man, we lost your camera again but if you don't have faith uh well then cool those are dead works <laughs> um you're gonna come back is is your you must have a dead battery that's got to be what it is because uh, that filming we did the other day i was gonna say if, if you don't plug in with a battery full already it'll still drain the battery even if unless you have the correct plug-in which i don't know if you do anyway Long story short, it will still slowly drain your battery, even plugged in, because it won't charge it. Um, So I'm going to keep reading here from um, Tim Egg's commentary here. Uh, Faith. uh, Speaking of Romans 10. Apart from faith, the Torah functions only to condemn. It can never bring life or covenant membership. In fact, genuine obedience to Torah, obedience which includes the correct motive as well as right actions flows wow flows from faith thus the influencers had the sequence backwards torah does not produce faith rather faith produces obedience to torah we've said this a hundred thousand times it feels like uh to a hundred thousand different people it feels like we do not keep torah to try and earn salvation here we keep torah because we are saved it's a very very big difference and 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 we've had this quoted at us a bunch of times, you know, the Torah is not of faith. And, I mean, really think about that for a moment. I've, I've made a TikTok on this before. I'm going to say it again. Really think about that statement. The Torah is not of faith. Who else would keep Torah? Except right. for somebody who believes and has faith in God. Like, wh- what? Um, atheists aren't keeping Torah. Right? So, and they're they're usually using it in some way to say, well, you don't actually have any faith if you keep Torah no what that it makes no sense <laughs> it comes from
1: this it comes from the cognitive dissonance right this idea that faith has to stand alone, otherwise it's not actual faith right you it it has to be simple intellectual assent you think the right things right and if there's anything else that is included in the think the right things category uh then you don't actually think the right things right. And and it the 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 problem with that is that James also addresses that in James two, right?
0: Yeah, do you want to pull up James two and read it? You, you like talking yeah, James, about James? <laughs> yeah, James
1: two. This is so really it starts in verse fourteen. James two fourteen says he says, "What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works?" Right. So, so, so what good is it? Like, what, what, what is it worth if he says he has faith but no works? Can his faith save him? So he's asking the question. And this is what I love is that most Christians today would probably answer this question with yes, absolutely. The problem is James is asking the question with the implication that the answer to this question is no. Right. Yeah. So he goes on and says, If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat well, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But if someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Um, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and they shudder. In other words, this is, this is where you get into the idea of belief, right? Thinking the right things. And he, and he says the demons think the right things too. Like they understand full, full, fully well, but this is where, (coughs) this is where he really attacks the idea of standalone faith, right? Foolish man. Are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was perfected. So the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited credited to him uh, for righteousness. Now, that word believed, before I finish, I want to get to that. Um, because Jordan Peterson talks a lot about that, right? When people ask him, do you believe in God? And his answer is, I behave as though God exists because that is what belief is, right? Jordan Peterson uh, very specifically attacks this idea that belief is something that is purely intellectual, something that doesn't require actual action or modification of behavior, right? Um, he, it, to him, that is not what the word believe means. The word believe necessitates action behind it. And he's correct. He's his His philosophy is perfectly in line with what James is saying here. So James continues and says, You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Now, for all of my Paul fans out there, understand... <laughs> This is literally the only point in the entire New Testament where the words by faith alone exist, right? We, we, we add this word alone, right? By faith alone, we add that to Paul's words, but that is not written in the text. The only place it's written in the text is right here where faith is saying by faith alone, that's not the right way.
0: Where James yeah James is saying that and and so yeah it's interesting that the only time that a phrase ever appears in the bible is is it, it's in a negative connotation. Yeah. Um yeah, so a uh, So yeah, so Paul's emphasis therefore in quoting Leviticus 18:5 which that's the he who practices shall live by them um mm-hmm. is to show obedience flows from covenant membership and not vi- vice versa. One does not obey in order to gain covenant membership, but rather one's obedience is proof of covenant membership already possessed. A great example of this is they were called the children of Israel. They were God's own people immediately at the uh, at the Exodus. They haven't received Torah yet. They receive Torah later, but they are a delivered people. They are a saved people. They are God's own people. And the Torah comes after. And, and God is uh, and, and Paul is going to use examples like that to say, listen here, man, um, your faith comes first, and then the obedience flows from the faith. Uh, and if you rely on your works alone and, and hope, th- then you actually, you know, what you're saying is, I can do it myself. And that is a, you know, obedience, cool, but you're lacking in the correct motivation and faith, which is a Hasidic, a very, very Hasidic um, standpoint. Is to obey without the correct motivation is is very minuscule obedience it's it's very right. low it's low level obedience um which is and again actually so uh the, the the greatest commandments right the two to love god and to love your neighbor those are the primary motivating factors for all commandments so if you do a commandment and you don't do it out of love for god or love for your neighbor well then it's a low level obedience and that's a very hasidic um, precept and so Yeshua seems to represent a Hasidic sentiment and so does Paul and again they're from the same school of Phariseeism um, so yeah there's there's a lot there for that particularly but we're closing in on an hour we got about five minutes left I think we've covered uh, exactly what we wanted to cover so if you guys got some last minute questions you want to throw into the chat now's your time to do it um In the meantime, excuse me, Um, let's see. Yeah, got a lot of reading done today. (laughs) I I, I
1: saw a good one earlier. Do y'all think that pronomian Christians make American Christians feel like lukewarm Christians? Or why the hatred comes mostly from evangelicals rather than other denominations? Um... I don't, so I'm I'm going to say yes and no on that. One of the bigger reasons that there is such a disdain and uh, a, a huge attack on Torah observance from the evangelical movement is what I will say is, um, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? conviction,
0: Mm.
1: right? Because the constant constant accusation is like, well, you guys just think that you're better than us. It's like, well, no. Matter of fact, most people who are Torah practicing, most pro-Nomian believers are extremely humble, right? They don't go out of their way to tell other people, hey, you're sinning, you should be doing the Torah, right? It's Yes, Usually that it's is the that opposite. Is. Usually they try yeah, to avoid it. it. We, we're, we're doing it for ourselves, man. This, 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 this is our faith walk. And, and, you know, you, you do what you want to do for yourself. Now, if you ask me what the Bible says, I will tell you what the Bible says. Right. But I'm not going to look at you while you're eating a Baconator and say, Hey, you shouldn't eat that. That's a sin. You're going to hell for that. Like you, you won't meet a single pro believer who does that. But they feel like we're doing that because the fact that we are obeying is shedding light on the fact that they're not. And so they feel judged, even though they're not being judged.
0: And this is what we call conviction. It, it, it's, it sort of speaks for itself. Um it's it's interesting because it's it's you know that meme like, oh, hold on, this whole thing was your idea. You know, like we're sitting there, we're we're just living our lives, we're obeying in our own way. We usually keep quiet and to ourselves. And then uh, somebody, oh, hey, I noticed you asked for no bacon. What's up? Oh, I don't eat bacon because, and we list our reasons. And then it's an immediate attack. Like, do well, you think you're better than me? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This whole thing was your idea. Like, you asked me. I just gave you my answer. I was not being judgy. I noticed you had bacon on yours. And I I, I didn't say anything to you. Right. I did ask you nothing. Um but it's, it's like, I think it's, it's really, it's an evidence of the spirit kind of speaking to that person. Because it, it really does seem to, the, the Torah is a powerful thing. It's a divine document. It, it convicts, it pierces, you know, the soul. Uh, it, it's a double-edged sword, you know, it is a very, very powerful document. And so as soon as it starts to, um, as soon as you start to see that, I feel like people get offended because it really does, it hits their Lashon or their uh, their uh, Yetzirah, and it, it is offended for them and it, you know what i mean i i don't know how else to put it but it's like yeah right. once you see that it's possible to be doing then suddenly it makes you feel bad and it, it you you start i feel like what it is is you're projecting you're projecting on the person uh but i, I don't know I, that's a personal feel um we don't try to go out of our way and insult christians usually. Uh, Here on the show, we get a little spicy and I'll say like Christians typically say, and that's because it's usually like, that's just truth. You know, I'm not trying to um, be insulting about it, but yeah, you know, there is a a lot of common misconceptions about the law uh, and it's usually not the fault of the normal Christian. Um, We tend to blame primarily the teachers. Yes. Because they should know better. Uh, And some of them even do know better. And that has baffled me on a number of occasions. <laughs> there was another one very early on, too. And this is this was for you. During your guys' debate, uh, towards the end, you pulled out a book to respond to the Black Doctor about the different Sabbaths. Can you tell me what that book was? The different Sabbaths. No, I don't remember what book. I don't remember pulling out. We'll have to, yeah, we'll have
1: to, um, William Turner, if you're not already in the Discord, please join the Discord, um, because that way we can actually respond to your question a little later. I've got a feeling Seamus is going to have to go back and watch the debate, uh, so (laughs) that he will know what book it is that he pulled off of his shelf.
0: Yeah. If I was at my shelf, which I think I was. You were. Okay. Cause we've done a couple of debates where I was not at home. So um, anyway, uh, if there are no other questions and we're past the hour, now's the time where we do all of our shameless plugins. Um, so once again, uh, if you want to support the, the ministry, we have a Patreon and we have a website. You can visit us on the website and give there, or you can give to the Patreon. Patreon membership starts at a dollar a month. And you get full access to Patreon-exclusive content, such as Brad's, uh, he's got a um, Tanakh study that he's going through, and he does some debate reviews. I have a Mark commentary that we're working on um, from the historian's perspective. And uh, you also get Discord access. Uh, the Discord, if even if you're not a Patreon, join the Discord anyway. It is a, it is a, uh, a, a beautiful uh thunderdome <laughs> of amazingness we have we have a lot of we have a lovely community honestly uh, we have a lot of great people everyone's very respectful people that aren't usually leave on their own <laughs> um but uh yeah and uh if you are a patreon supporter we have this thing called the after Partez that's in the discord and if you're a supporter you get to have one-on-one access with us we sit in the after Partez channel and you can talk to us, you can sit in awkward silence with us, you can ask us questions, you can roast us, you can send us memes. Uh, or you can just hang out, we can talk about nothing or anything or whatever. Uh, that's time that you guys pay for, and so it's your time however you want to use it. Still and nobody takes us up on the roasting. Like, yeah, We have I'm yet to have somebody it. roast us. <laughs> we should hold an episode where they, our Patreon supporters just come on the channel and like roast us um should, bobby sure. you are the bobby's the first invite <laughs> um, our our resident meme lord um the la bobby chair <laughs> <The> la <Bobby-cher. laughs> so um join us in the uh discord um and we do this immediately after the show the after part is uh and so if you have further questions um for specifics or anything like that uh, and you want access to those conversations, you got to be a Patreon supporter. And I think I've just about covered all my bases. Yep. Yes. And if you haven't already, um, please bless that like button. It really helps the channel out. And if you haven't, and it's songti the subscribe button. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's the best way. Uh, if you don't want to support, if you can't or don't want to support the channel, monetarily you can always support us through the subscriptions and the liking of the videos it helps the channel either way um and we really appreciate all of your guys' support speaking of support boom uh i hate that that cuts the music off but there is i'm gonna kind of make us go away so we can see some names a little better a special shout out and a thanks to all of our top tier heretics uh, patreon supporters the tamadim level and the scholars level those are our top two tiers um your guys' uh, contributions mean the world to us, really. And uh, we're forever grateful. May Hashem bless you abundantly for your generous donation- donations. Um, and a lot is coming in the near future because of your guys' support. Yep. Um, as we said in last week's episode. So, uh, anyway, I, if Brad, if you got anything else left to say, we are five minutes past the hour. I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up. I kind of want to bring the music back because. <laughs>
1: absolutely
0: I uh I like the music yeah no definitely visit the website read the articles we have
1: on there they're they're all spectacular Seamus has written some amazing articles on there so definitely go and read those um and as always uh, we love each and every one of you for joining us tonight and, uh, you know, signing off from the only time that I will appear on screen as more white than Seamus. Look, I am.
0: I